What's up, guys? We're live. Today's episode is brought to you by Merrick Health. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you sure did. I, I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> nailed it. Merrick Health, they're a premium telehealth clinic that provides customized and competitive treatment plans for HRT, TRT, hair loss, sexual enhancement, metabolic health, harm reduction, and cognition, and more. Sexual enhancement? Sexual Ooh. enhancement. They're going to get oh. that. Mm, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. But yeah. What- but, well, no, they say, but what if I don't know exactly what lab I want to get? That's why we have the Power Project panel, which oh is 26 different labs that have been vetted mm. by people we know, but also Derek Moore plates more dates. Yes. And there's a male and female panel that can tell you exactly what you need to test. But also, they have a doctor within their clinics that will um, send you a whole written review on what labs you got, maybe deficiencies you have ways that you can fix those through your nutrition supplementation or potentially HRT interventions. Take all the work out of your hands. Yeah. It's great to have experts, you know, overlooking your, your blood work. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to help you interpret it. And hopefully you can implement some lifestyle changes that will help, uh, get your hormones head in the right direction. We've had many people, uh, on the show and we have many people that ask questions like, oh man, I think my thyroid is wrecked and I think, uh, I think my T is real low. I don't feel the same as I used to. And, uh, there's really no great way of knowing unless you get your blood work done. So go to Merrick health and check it out. Yes. One more thing. They don't do cookie cutter plans, man. Like one thing you hear about a lot of these uh, clinics is that they'll just say, oh, you do this. Boom, boom. Here's the, here's the thing. And they give that same thing to everyone, despite all of everyone's levels being different. So they don't do that. They do it based off of your levels, what you're trying to do. And it's specifically made for you. Mm -hmm. uh, Completely individualized, uh, you know, p- uh, plans. And then on top of that, it's, they're not going to tell you like, Hey, this is what you need. This is what you need to spend. You can work with them and they, you can tell them, Hey, I kind of only have like a hundred bucks to spend this month. They'll figure it out. Or you can say, Hey, I actually have like a pretty good budget. They'll figure it out for you. And uh, one of the awesome things about what we offer you guys is the, uh, the power project panel. It's a panel of 26 different labs. Uh, we got together with industry leaders and again, people like Derek more plates, more dates. And we put together a comprehensive panel that will cover you like from head to toe, literally about everything that's going on under the hood. And you can fix any deficiency deficiencies that you may have. Uh, you can check out the power project panel at MerrickHealth.com slash power project. That's M A R E K health.com slash power project at checkout enter promo code power project for $101 off of that panel highly recommend it uh, head over there ASAP this goes along great with today's subject where we'll be talking about hypertrophy for the legs do not skip legs day but we have pants mm. I just cover them up with pants yeah that was always my solution baggy pants jinkos mm. mm. jinko jeans gasoline kings boo boo there's tighter yeah. pants. There's tighter pants and there's shorter shorts now. What do you guys think is going on with that? I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. That's why all my shorts like legit. Mm. Short shorts. Uh, you dangerous. guys dig when I wear tight pants and short shorts Love or you just like dig it. it in general? I like it more when you do it. Yeah. Mm. Especially gray tight sweatpants. Yes. The gray sweatpants. Mm. On the bench. When we do jumping jacks. That oh. sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> why going downhill fast today here but yeah no um as far as legs were concerned it's it's pretty interesting i think that i don't think that as far as training you know most most people want to like focus especially men a lot of focus on the show muscles the chest the biceps the triceps etc when actually like those 
those are good, but the legs can drive everything else to actually be stronger and bigger because they're your base. And you want to focus on that base. You want a big old base. Mm-hmm. I think we got to redo that meme. You know, the meme where it shows the, like, uh, you think that a bunch of girls are going to gather around because mm-hmm. you're benching a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it should be, you know, you training some legs because I think the ladies dig it when your legs are looking good. You got some good calves on you. You got some good mm-hmm. quads, some good hamstrings and a good peach. I think the ladies are pretty interested in that. They like booty too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, might whistle, they might whistle at you. They might be out of control. You never know. That's happened to me before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know there was that whole weird, not weird, whatever it was, where like girls were getting interviewed about like what body is better. And it was like a dad bod versus like a dude who was jacked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't imagine anybody would look at some strong legs and be like, no, I want those, those puny ones over there. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, you know, like those puny ones that can't carry me. Yeah. That, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and obviously like you know you can get it to like some ridiculous levels right where the bodybuilders uh their legs are so big it uh almost looks like they're wearing those like mc hammer pants 24 yeah. 7 because they got such a big uh sweep and stuff like that but we're just talking about training the legs and getting some muscular shape on them and making them stronger mm-hmm. um one thing that i think is interesting is that like uh athletes i think what, what was it that what was the like what did Jim Wendler say? Something the lower, something the upper. What was it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. Athlete the lower. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah he wanted your lower body to be athletic, and I guess to kind of bodybuild the upper or the upper body or something like body that. Bodybuild the upper, something along those lines. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good thing to do that for the lower body. But as far as like lifts are concerned in the gym, a lot of lifts the upper range of how strong you can get on them are going to be based off of how not just big and like actually going to be based on how big and strong your legs are. An example I like is the penley row. It's one of my favorite back movements. Some people don't like it for hypertrophy the back, but I think it's a pretty great movement. But the, the strength of what you're going to be able to do as far as the penley row is concerned is going to be dictated by the strength of your legs and your hips and your glutes. Um, and you're not going to be able to be very strong at that movement if you don't have a strong lower body. I mean, we can obviously think of even things like the bench press, creating leg drive and stability within your hips and your hamstrings and your quads in the bench press is going to help you bench press and lift more weight. Um, so your legs can play a big role in you just becoming a bigger, stronger individual. And if you continue to neglect them, if you continue to go pretty light or go pretty easy on your leg days, you might actually be limiting the amount of growth you can have on the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because I'm trying to think, does the upper body really limit what you're able to do with your legs? Not really, but your legs can play a big role in how big your upper body gets. And even positioning on something like a bench press. I mean, it's, it's, um, you're going to really be able to tap into your nervous system a lot better when you work on squatting and deadlifting. Naturally, you're going to be able to lift more on those exercises. Like sometimes things get a little skewed if you work on the bench press a lot and you don't practice your squatting, but almost always, um, people almost always can out deadlift their bench press unless there's some sort of, unless some sort of uh, major injury has happened. But what I would like people to consider is the amount of time that you've already dedicated to training your chest, to mm-hmm. training your back and to training your arms. And I think it's probably fairly common for somebody to have 15 inch arms. It's probably, you know, pretty common amongst people that have been lifting for a while and putting their time in. Well, now what if we have a little time investment into the legs and I'm not talking about, workouts that kill you that you can't walk for five days i've done stuff like that before and mm-hmm. i've recognized that i actually I, I i i know it's easier to say now but i i 
I really truly believe that a lot of those workouts were completely unnecessary. They were me thinking that I, I, they were me thinking that I needed to like kill myself with those exercises. And, um, I know that maintaining and even building from here is different than when I was young and when I wasn't, uh, built the same, but obviously some level of soreness is required because there's an adjustment period and your body has to kind of get used to, uh, the new stimulus and things that you're doing and even just the ranges of motion that you're getting into. So all that's understandable, but to like, I, I used to do it like every week I would just completely annihilate myself, uh, with like a leg workout and looking back at it. Um, nowadays I can say like, Hmm, that wasn't like very efficient. It's not. And it like one thing that that's one of the reasons why people kind of shy away from away from leg day. Your legs are very big muscle groups. They're very demanding in terms of, um, how much calories you burn when doing those sessions in your quads and your hamstrings. Uh, so with that burn and with that pain, I can understand why people like to not put as much effort into their legs as they put into their arms, their chest, their back. Um, but it's something that like will, will help you athletically, whether you're trying to go into bodybuilding, but especially if you're trying to do something like powerlifting down the road, if you can build a strong base, it's going to make a difference. And I think one, like some different cues that people that, that it, it's hard to get the hang of, but it even took me a while to get the hang of um, was the hip hinge. Something as simple as hip hinging and learning how to hip hinge can help drastically with being able to squat a good amount of weight, being able to activate your hamstrings during RDLs, deadlifts, etc. And I think that's one reason why people shy away from doing a lot of those movements is because since they don't know how to hip hinge and keep everything within the glutes and the hamstrings, a lot of the stuff that they do ends up attacking the lower back. Mm -hmm. I still see so many comments from people who are like on leg days, I feel my lower back hurts, this hurts, and it's because you're not able to activate this big mover that's going to help you get more activation out of your hamstrings, get more benefit for your quads. Um, it all starts with the hips. And a hip hinge, uh, for people that don't know, you can easily look it up on YouTube and kind of check it out there. But also, it's just kind of pushing your hips back and uh, getting your upper body uh, going towards the floor. And hopefully you got like a range of motion where you could have your shoulders and hips be uh, like level with each other. And you can have your back uh, basically pretty flat, almost like you're just trying to bend down and touch your toes. Really, mm -hmm. is all, all you're really doing. And those movements, like you pointed out, they're building up the hamstrings, they're building up the glutes. As weird as it might sound, I still think that these are unconventional things to train, even though so much has been pointed out about the positive benefits of training the posterior chain. I still think that people, uh, a lot of people that are just starting to hit the gym, they're still kind of thinking of biceps, triceps, and just as you pointed out really well, um, they're just like, man, I don't want that sitting in me. You know, I don't want that soreness sitting around for four or five days. Um, what, what we're trying to share with you today is like, let's just start to implement some of it. And maybe there's not a crazy amount of sets. Maybe there's not a crazy amount of reps. Maybe it's as simple as, and when there's not a crazy amount of weight, maybe it's something as simple as one week, maybe you deadlift and maybe the next week you work on some type of squat and you go back and forth between the two every other week or so and uh you do three sets 10 to 12 reps we're staying away from uh the lower rep ranges for a while making sure that we understand how to do the lift properly do it with good form again these are all things you can look up on youtube you can check out uh even my youtube channel the super training gym youtube channel where we've got people like ed Cohn and chris duffin explaining how to deadlift and squat 
and you can find some great information there. But, you know, just really take your time with it because it's going to take time to build that muscle and it's going to take time to learn how to do the exercise properly. I think great places to start for a lot of this is like, if you're trying to like start with the barbell squat and you haven't done that before, things like box squats are really beneficial because it limits the range of motion and it can allow you to figure out how low you can go comfortably. Less so not, load on the knee too. Less load on the knee. Um, but even before squatting, if like that whole motion, because squatting for a lot of people in and of itself, it's hard to start with. Mm. So you can start with goblet squats. And I think like a great thing is like maybe doing goblet squats, but also maybe getting a slant board. So you could do goblet squats to a mm-hmm. bench if you have a lack of knee mobility um, or uh, I guess lack of mobility in general within the hip. But if you'd like to go deeper and like, again, we just talked in the last episode about figuring out your range of motion and working through those ranges of motion, lowering that load getting a slap board, squatting with a slap board, and then you'll feel massive activation of your VMOs. And a lot of people don't even feel those working when they squat with the barbell because they're not going as they're not going that deep. So not getting as much VMO activation. That's your teardrop muscle, by the way. Mm, yeah, no, I was just going to say, in, yeah, squatting hurts. It hurts me, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know, my lower back has always been an issue and it's going to be an issue until I really just stop everything and address it. But in the meantime, I still want to build some, some quads, some legs and stuff. And using the slant board, I mean, that, that has totally helped like change the way my legs look, you know, like I I've done, you know, some, some heavy ish squats for myself uh, in the past. And I feel like my legs right now, um, although I haven't really been focusing too much on them, like I feel like the rest of my body is progressing a lot faster than my legs, mm-hmm. but I feel right now that they probably look better than they have in a very long time. Yeah. Um, if I got leaner, they'd probably look better, uh, of course, but using that slant board, like I've been using either just an empty bar or today, like I just had uh two tens and dude, I was torched. Like it, it felt amazing and no pain anywhere else in my body that, yeah, slant board guy. He's he's crushing it right now. Like that's a really great product. I know there's other like I don't want to say knockoffs, but there's I mean it's a fucking mm-hmm. wedge, right? Like there's things exist. Mm-hmm. But the way that he's been making them and shipping them out from Australia, it's fucking incredible. But like getting Nico on that, you know, he's uh, in his full UPS getup <laughs> and he's fucking getting some squats in. It's great. It's a lot of fun and it's it's just an awesome stimulus and it doesn't hurt. That's the main thing for myself. Staying out of pain is my number one priority. I don't hurt when I do that, but I get a uh, an awesome training stimulus when I do use it. You did a lot of movements today mm-hmm. for your legs, mm-hmm. and they're all things that are probably not too aggressive towards your back pain, right? Nope, none whatsoever. That was that was the, the main thing. And um, we were talking about the uh, the leg press, and mm-hmm. that used to bother me, so I haven't touched in a very long time. And then today, I'm like, dude, that felt good. Like, you know, what did you do differently? I don't know. <laughs> I ended up, mm. I ended up hitting uh, three plates on it, and I, you know, I was hitting only like sets of fifth, uh, yeah, sets of fifteen, and it, it just, it just felt good. I, I think I maybe was under more control because I am more conscious of making sure I, I stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So like, I wasn't like, it just everything was under control. Yeah, just put it that way, and I was just really, you know, trying to imagine my quads and my hamstrings and everything growing, but. um no, it felt good. And then everything else, just leg extension, hamstring curls. I tried some, um, their, uh, like Doug Brignoli's thing is the, the working the glutes on like the hip hinge machine. Mm-hmm. So I tried tying up my, my ankle to the cable machine to, re- uh, replicate that. 
And what I noticed right away was my left side is super, super imbalanced mm. and out of control. My right side was legit. Like I can go straight up and down my left side. My knee was going all over the place. It was mm. really weird. But yeah, no, nothing put my back in any compromised positions today. One thing I'd like to mention is just with pain in general, this is something that's helped me a lot, is to try to get a, a pretty good pump. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to be careful on how much of a pump that you get because it could be limiting and it could kind of negatively impact some of your workouts. It's going to be hard to use a good amount of weight sometimes, and sometimes that is sort of the goal. But um, Jay Cutler you know, was a big proponent of doing leg extensions before he would squat. Obviously, he's one of the most well-conditioned bodybuilders of all time and just had crazy, crazy legs. Uh, but the point there being, and uh, uh, <coughs> Knees Over Toes said it when he was here, Ben Patrick, he said, you ever get a pump that is such a good pump that everything just goes numb and you can't feel anything? And I was like, oh my God, like I'm such a meathead. I never really thought about it, but that's what I did in most of my powerlifting career. I would do, I would do tons of curls actually because I thought like I'm just total meathead. I'm like, uh, if I do a bunch of hammer curls before I bench press, my arms will actually be bigger. And because they're bigger, the bench press will actually be easier because I'm thinking, get a little bit of a forearm pump, get a little bit of a bicep pump. And my arms will be uh, like larger, so it'll be a better launching point for me to bench the weight off of, <laughs> which is somewhat correct to get a little bit of a pump in there. But mm-hmm. what I didn't realize I was doing is that was very healthy for my elbow because I would get a really good pump going. And it was actually healthy just even for my shoulder joint and stuff to get a little bit warm, get my body temperature up for the day uh, for the particular work that I was doing. But that could be really beneficial. So anybody who's got like lower back issues or is dealing with some any sort of injury, try to find a way to get a lot of blood flow into whatever the area is that's bugging you. One of the problems for me over the years has been I've had issues of trying to figure out how in the fuck do I get blood to my knees? Because every time I go to move my knees, it fucking hurts. Mm. And so now, you know, Ben shows us the sled dragging stuff, which I've known about sled dragging for many years, but incorporating the backward sled dragging, some of the forward sled dragging, and then even some of the stuff on the slant board has been really, really impactful. So those are all great places to start, even if it's not just a knee thing, even if it's your lower back, you got your body temperature up, you got your body moving. And when you go to do the other movements, they should be easier, be less likely to hurt yourself. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, over the years, the idea, there's like two parties. There's, there's people that are like chase the pump, right? And there are people like, oh, you you shouldn't be chasing the pump. You should be, um, uh, that's not the biggest deal, et cetera. But I do think that especially when you're, when you're starting out or in the first few years of your training, you do want to learn how to chase that pump, but also work with quite a bit of training volume because when you are working a specific muscle group, and a, a lot of people are like, I don't feel this working or I don't feel activation of this. If you're working with loads that can allow you to get a pump, that means a load that's not too heavy that you can't handle because you'll notice that you won't be able to get as good of a pump with a super heavy load. But if you work with a load in that mid range that you're doing for higher reps that you're able to get a, be- a better pump with, you're able to get better, better <laughs> you're able to get better muscle activation. And as we talk, as we um, learned from Brad Schoenfeld, and he kind of just reiterated this individuals that are able to have a better mind muscle connection that can really feel that specific muscle group working or force that muscle group to work while they're doing certain movements, they can grow bigger muscles with better muscle control. 
And if you are chasing the pump, you will learn how to activate those muscles better. So if you're someone who usually you can't feel your, feel your rear delts and movements, you want to try to work with movements that can allow you to really drive blood towards those muscles. You get a lot of rear delt work through just rows, dumbbell rows, barbell rows, penlay rows, any type of pull, right? But also things like face pulls. So that's why things like holding the peak contraction of different movements, um, and really getting driving blood to those muscle groups can really be helpful as far as growth is concerned. Same thing with like the leg press, holding top positions, bottom positions, leg extensions, holding the top extension of the leg extension can really help you feel those muscle groups working, get better mind muscle connection and overall grow more over time. I know, and Sima, you have a lot of issues with uh, being mature when I say certain words. Oh, so <laughs> let's see if you can hold it together during this. <laughs> see if you can follow me on this. So, is Andrew more likely to gain five pounds below the waist from the belly button down? You're doing pretty good. good job. Or is he more likely to gain five pounds in the upper body over the next like two years? Uh, Andrew has been training for a while. Um, he can definitely still put on some size on the upper body. Mm -hmm. um, he's looking good now, but I think, you know, the likelihood of him being able to slap some weight on would come from the glutes the hamstrings and the quads and the calves that's where it seems like he's got the most potential to really grow yeah absolutely and that's going to be able to he's going to be able to see way more growth there even in these next few years than the upper body but again growth there will help drive growth of the upper body uh, we were kind of talking about this earlier but when you see someone usually with a really well-developed upper body, mm -hmm. they usually have decently developed legs. Uh, the, the places where you might not see this are like maybe men's physique competitors that wear board shorts, especially in the IFBB because a little bit of stuff going on. So their upper body is just able to grow without them really forcing themselves to work on their lower body. But a lot of athletes that you see that generally they have a really great upper body, you look at their lower body, it's good too. So you, you got to see like there's something there in terms of having a strong base that'll help drive the amount of load that you can work with when you're doing upper body movements. Let's think about this and it's not a perfect thing, but just, just think about getting yourself in a dumbbell rowing position, right? And you're having to row a dumbbell here. Now there are movements that you can do that can take the, take the lower body out of the picture, like seal rows. But when your hand is on something in your dumbbell rowing mm -hmm. with this side, your opposite leg is keeping strong to stabilize that load. Mm -hmm. So think about this. If you want to row 110 pounds, but you have a weak lower body, you're not going to be able to row that 110 pounds. You're going to lower it automatically just because your legs cannot keep that base, right? But again, if you have a strong base, there are going to be a lot of things that you can work in the gym with heavier load for your upper body. So it's going to help build everything out. I don't want to like overthink stuff too much, but again, in the scenario where Andrew maybe packed a little bit more weight uh, below the waist, um, you can kind of Does imagine. Does he not already have a lot of weight below the waist with that Congo dick? Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> I'm like, I can see it. it <laughs> I had to say it. You had to slide it in. <laughs> I had to slide it in. Okay, let's keep go. going. <laughs> slid it in perfectly. Just the right fit. So if he got, has a little bit more extra weight on the lower body, Every single time he goes for his 10 minute walks and things like that, mm. obviously the legs are being activated. They're being utilized. They have more muscle mass on them and his uh, like kind of resting metabolic rate is increasing. In addition to, you know, if he packed weight on the upper body, the same exact thing would be happening. But, you know, we don't walk on our hands. We walk on our legs. So I'm kind of thinking uh, the every time you sit down, every time you get up. 
these that your lower body is a little bit more active than the upper body. And I know this is like very, very minor, but over a long period of time, this kind of thing's going to add up. Also, by training the lower body, we're gaining access to being able to lift uh, heavier weights. We're giving ourselves a really good opportunity to lift something heavy, whereas through the upper body, typically, you know, you're doing like a lateral raise or like a row. You might handle some pretty heavy weight on stuff like that. But when it comes to uh, squats and deadlifts, those exercises lend themselves to allow you to handle some pretty damn good weight. When you're handling really good weight, there's, uh, you're going to increase your bone density. The muscle tension is going to help expand your body's ability to be able to uh, gain more access to better hypertrophy just because you're in better condition, uh, for lack of a better term there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you'll be able to lift heavier every on most of the other movements. And so I think it's a win-win all around. And again, we're not advising that you go in the gym and just completely annihilate your lower body. I think you can have good, effective workouts. I think on the lower body, kind of depending on some of the other movements that you do, but I think you could spend about 30 minutes on it and get a really awesome workout and or even incorporate some upper body stuff in there. So I think it could have a huge impact on your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Let's also not forget the positive benefits of handling heavier weight, what it does to our bone density. Mm-hmm. You're going to be increasing that bone density. You're going to make yourself less fragile. You're going to make yourself stronger uh, in more ways than one. So the benefits are, they're kind of almost endless. They, they give you more access to uh, being able to burn more calories and to having more muscle mass. Think about the amount of issues that are caused when people have like weak glutes. They're complaining about lower back pain, lack of stability because there's not a, like a good amount of strength in their glutes and their hamstrings. So when we're talking about like building the lower body, don't just focus on building your quads because that's the first thing people think about your teardrop, your quad sweep, etc. Figure out ways and movements that you can do that are going to help strengthen your hamstrings are going to help strengthen your glutes. Meaning we obviously love deadlifts. We love any type of hip hinging movement. We love squats. Those deal with those, those deal with those specifically, but maybe try to add in some isolation, isolation, some isolation movements for your hamstrings and your glutes. So maybe things like the GHR, maybe things like dumbbell RDLs, single leg RDLs, um, add in a lot of movements that like even, uh, single leg back extensions, like the, the movements that you saw me do, yeah, they are back extensions, but on that single leg, those are really tough. I did them today. Oh yeah. Mm. How do you like them? How do you like them on the hamstrings? I love them, but I, I was like, man, I'm really getting like real lopsided, especially on my, with my left leg. Mm-hmm. I felt like I kept kind of falling off there. And you were saying the guy that came in here was doing it with weight, right? Julian Baldi, Julian Baldi. He was doing, he's the guy that can do uh, the back extension with 275, 295 pounds or something. Wild That's, like that. It's fake weight. That's fucking fake weight. It's <laughs> weakling. Uh, nah, Julian, Julian's legit. He's strong as hell, but he's the one who showed me the single leg back extensions. And as I started doing them, I was like, wow, I see where I'm uneven. I see where this leg has a little bit stronger strength than this leg. So it's a great way for you to even things out um and get both legs to be as strong as each other deal with inefficiencies i think another thing that's at play here is uh let's not forget about the value of and again we're we're not talking about annihilating yourself in the gym here but like these sets that are kind of like for our mind you know the upper body stuff when you're doing some chest it kind of feels good to do a lot of flies or do a high rep set of dips or uh, dumbbell presses or something like that Mm -hmm. But when it comes to legs and your legs start to burn, you're just like, fuck, 
this gives you an opportunity to stand up to a challenge. And there's so much research and science about this. You can listen to some stuff from Jordan Peterson. He talks about this often. When you stand up to a challenge and you put yourself out there in front of things that you're kind of scared of or things that are getting uncomfortable, you get stronger over time. So we're not just talking about the strength that you're getting in the gym. You're becoming stronger all the time, even from a mental perspective, because training the legs is like, I don't know why, but it's especially like something like a leg extension or sometimes like a hack squat or something. And you're like, Ugh. oh, my God, the, the leg extension feels like a some sort of a, like it feels like you're sitting in like an electric chair or something. It's mm-hmm. a fucking kills. You're like, well, how is this possible? All I'm doing is, you know, <laughs> just flicking my legs forward and they're completely on fire. You're like, this is ridiculous. Dude, especially the machine that we have where you can change the, um, like, oh, where, where the weight, like, brutal. is focused. That's, so that's, that is my favorite. Prime. Yeah. S- thank you. I couldn't remember the name. Prime something. something. So yeah. I'm going to do a set on the way out of here. You, you guys will see. She is. You guys will see. There'll be a teardrop. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> but when it, when it comes to hit, getting did into just, that, that state. Man, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> I, was I, I didn't hear it. I was paying attention. <laughs> what just came out of my mouth? It was weird. <laughs> uh, I, people that listen to the show, they they might not have really listened enough to know that Encima sometimes gets like hysterical. <laughs> and I think I think we're getting there. Usually it's from like a beer, you know, or uh, some yeah. sort or a drink. A beer. Yeah, a, a beer. Singular. Literally, it's just a uh, beer. beer. I will be done. Well, when, when, we, when, when we all took one shot, you were getting naked. Yeah, I so took that off was my shirt. Cool. I was getting warm. Yeah, I hope you didn't lose your point about the prime leagues. I've already lost it. I just you got it. Quick shout out to Big J. He just checked in on the uh, live what? chat. Big J Extreme hey, Fitness. Hey yo, boy, yeah, hey yo. But uh, on that leg extension bad boy thingy, that's one of my f- that is my favorite movement to do. Where you get into that weird spot where you're just fucking zoning out and you feel that burn because I just that just you can. After you do that and you try to walk around, you're like, oh, my God, I think I fucked myself up permanently. <laughs> like, you think you you broke yourself, and then mm-hmm. eventually you, you kind of can snap out of it. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask you guys about that, I will come in in the mornings and uh, almost exclusively just come in to chase the pump. And I've been making some pretty solid progress. Um is there anything wrong with what I'm doing? I know, Mark, you want me to lift heavy, so there's that. But... I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to try not to get hurt, and I'm just engorging the muscles with blood, and I'm trying to pack on some size. You pump chasing son of a bitch. That's me. Uh, I think that's great, Andrew. I think mm-hmm. that's you know that's productive. And when I say heavy, I just mean heavy for you and heavy yeah, yeah, yeah. and heavy for the things that you're doing. You know, um, let's say you're gonna do uh, I don't know something like an RDL with some dumbbells, you know. The, Romanian deadlift or something. Mm-hmm. If you use uh, 20 pounds in week one, maybe by week three, you're using 35 pounds, you know, things like that. Just trying to push the weight up, you know, little by little. It's not, I think sometimes when we talk about going heavy, somebody's thinking, oh man, I got to get back to the gym and I got to, I got to deadlift three plates. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about ever trying to set anything up that your body's not prepared to do. You're only as good as the workouts you've done previously. So you, all you're trying to do is have a small progression. And if you can incorporate a couple of exercises that um, are a little bit more user friendly in terms of the amount of weight that you use, then I think those are some good options. And you don't want your workout to be all of those movements, but 
you know, because you can like just kind of kill yourself with too much uh, dumbbell and too much barbell stuff. But Insema brought up, you know, a single arm row. So imagine you have some workouts where you do some single arm rows, you do some squats, you do some deadlifting here and there. I mean, those are all, and you do some like military presses. Now you could still have all the assistance exercises <clears throat> wherever you'd like, but those are great fundamental movements that will allow you to handle a little bit more weight. And I'm not saying that you can't grow uh, by doing, you know, kettlebell swings and uh, goblet squats and stuff like that. I just think that you want to try to find some fundamental exercises mm -hmm. that are probably more on the side of like barbells and dumbbells. And then you can kind of uh, move into having more assistance exercises. And stuff. Mm, yeah, just like the uh, like the leg press that we talked about. You know, in my head, I was like, "Yeah, I'll just throw on two plates and then just do a bunch of high reps." But it just it felt great, so I'm like, "Yeah, we're going. To, we're throwing on another plate." Mm -hmm. And I, I felt secure, and that was the heaviest. That's the most amount of weight I've moved in a while. Well, yeah, that. I mean, I know it's a leg press, so it, it equates to whatever, but. No, that that it it felt good, and you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, Mark wants me to go a little bit heavier, and it it worked out because it it was exactly what you just explained right now, even though I didn't know it in that moment. Good on you too, because you did a smart move. You took the jump in between. A lot of people they get <laughs> yeah, they yeah. get excited and they want to do plate, plate, plate. Andrew did one plate, two plates, and then quarter. did a quarter, and then removed the quarter and put a plate on. Just. Anytime anybody ever is in question of how much weight they should add, always choose, always choose, always choose, always choose less weight unless it's to maybe like win a power thing meet or something. Mm -hmm. And the, on, on that idea of like things being heavy, you know, th there are there are different ideas of heavy. Like, is it heavy within a rep range of 10 reps? Right. Like you can do heavy sets of heavy sets of 10 but one thing to think about like when you're doing a heavy set of 10 is the different ways where you can make that set a little bit more difficult so i know that we're always seeking to try to increase training volume right because that drives hypertrophy but think about this chest flies a lot of people when they're doing chest flies they are doing the movement fairly quickly to try to move as much weight as they can even mm -hmm. when they're doing sets of 10 so they're here right they're just doing they're doing their set they're not focusing on feeling the the hard peak contraction of their pecs or really letting themselves get stretched out. Mm -hmm. So if you purposely just let yourself take a little bit more time in those positions mm -hmm. and get that stretch and get that flex, like by the, by the 10th rep of the set, you're going to be struggling to like, you're going to be struggling to drive a lot of blood to that muscle group. And that's going to actually be a useful set rather than just, mm, just throwing the weights mm, around, right? Using a lot of momentum, throwing the weights around as much as that may be fun. I do think that's something that limits a lot of people in terms of really feeling the muscles that they're trying to help get bigger. And as we've learned, you want to learn how to control those muscle groups. You want, you want to, to feel them. You want to end up with a great capacity. When we worked out uh, with Jason Kalipa, you and I worked out with Jason Kalipa, you guys were doing, we were doing some like, uh, I think we we're doing some goblet squats or something like that in between uh, doing some bench press. Mm -hmm. And for me, especially for right now, it's just, not in the cards for me to squat the exact way that you guys were doing, but because you guys have a better capacity, you're able to burn way more calories than what I was able to do. So any limitations that you have, whether it's your fitness level, just in general, you can't breathe during certain exercises, uh, or you um, started to lose range of motion on something, uh, or you're not as strong as you, you know, kind of should be. Or just in general, you're not in shape to kind of handle the high repetitions of bouncing around from like one thing to the other. 
you're you're driving down your access to be able to be more jacked. You 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 um, and you want you want all the doors to be open. You want all the options to be open. And so it's important that you work on trying to keep your mobility, a large range of motion, as Ansema is pointing out, and just not even just the range of motion, but doing the exercise properly. A lot of times we're just doing a movement and we're excited about it and we're doing it fast and we're trying to get through the range of motion uh, that we think we're supposed to be doing. But if you take your time, you can burn a lot more calories. You can... Uh, have it register in your body as something that signals your body to grow. And so there's just way more benefit in just trying to slow the fuck down. And before we started rolling today, uh, and Seema mentioned, uh, you know, taking the whole hypertrophy thing, taking that entire process kind of slowly. And we mentioned that neither one of us really, even though I started in powerlifting, I wasn't doing like singles and triples and stuff like that for a long time. I wasn't even really allowed to, uh, my brothers and the guy that was coaching me at the time, he was like, you don't know how to lift, (laughs) you know? So why would we be going heavy? Let's learn how to lift. Let's do the exercises correctly. And I think maybe six or eight weeks down the road after I did sets of 10 over and over again, every once in a while, he was like, yeah, go ahead and do a set of five, go ahead and do a set of three. It was like sprinkled in there. And I think it was to kind of see how I'd react. It was to see how I'd react uh, with a heavier weight. And I did pretty good. So then he would sprinkle it in there a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make you guys nervous, but uh, Michael Hearn just checked in on the live Whoa! chat. <laughs> so he's saying that we got to get in another leg workout. Oh. And so can you? <laughs> so I wanted to bring that up because I I have never seen Enzima like really look at a challenge or I mean, starting to sweat. Exactly. Like I've never seen him struggle. Just period. Put it that way. When he was on the hack squat after O'Hearn was coaching him through it, I I heard a a weird sound. I never heard anyone make, but let alone in SEMA, Mm -hmm. it was like a, like a Yelp almost. It was a grunt. It was like, I grunted and it was manly. (laughs) I didn't Yelp. If you guys can recall that shit, because speaking of somebody who has it all together, right? He has fucking gigantic legs, and mm-hmm. I mean he's well rounded. So he's Michael Trent. He's Michael Trent. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned that man in the last in the last podcast. The range of motion, the unorthodox movements, uh-huh. like all that stuff is super useful. Ask him if he's got like two or three favorite leg exercises for us while we're on I'll this topic. Yeah, yeah, let's go. In the meantime, uh, let's not forget about single leg ranges of motion and single leg uh, movements. You got Bulgarian split squats. You got things like lunges. I think these things should be incorporated quite a bit. What do you think, Sima? Those ATG split squats, I think, are really, really good because, again, like I think, especially when you're building a base, um, a lot of people don't really move into very deep knee flexion. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's anything that we've gotten from Ben Patrick and the whole ATG squad, it's that get yourself comfortable in very deep knee flexion, and people are scared of squatting there. So adding those in slowly so you can actually work in those ranges too. Um, hack squatting, leg pressing, etc. All those movements are good, but I think one thing is since we're talking about leg pressing. People need to increase their range of motion on the leg press. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Most people, when they're leg pressing, is just straight up and down. But when we were leg pressing with Mike, and I, I do do this, but Mike made us do it in a, just a much more torturous fashion, <laughs> you know, creating, like, opening up your knees so the, the leg press can come all the way to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think he had us pause at the bottom for a few seconds. Yeah. And then we pushed up, 
And then we came back down and paused. And these were like sets of 10. And I grunted like a man. <laughs> um, but yeah, increasing your range of motion on these movements will allow you to actually stimulate more muscle tissue because you're going through different range, going through larger ranges. It's useful. Yeah, it's brutal. That it's was brutal. part of the only time where I was like <clears throat> kind of okay with just filming. Because that yeah. shit looked painful. And just like, I'm trying to be cinematic, so I don't have time to... Yeah, you know. yeah, I got this whole thing. I got I got the script written down right here. This is, like, it's a whole thing, so I'm sorry. Can't get involved. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Mike, just like Mark, like, he will grab somebody that isn't really, like, I mean, me in comparison to, like, to, like that group, it would be, like, totally an outlier, but he would, like, coach me through something similar mm-hmm. at a proper weight that wouldn't you know, compromise my health or anything. So it, yeah. it's really cool when we get to hang out with Otrin. Yeah. But you know, it's what we were talking about. Um, be real quick in terms of like the, the base that was built right from the age of 13 to 21. I didn't really focus on strength training. I didn't do singles, doubles, triples. I barely worked with fours. Like everything I did was between five and 15, 20 reps. You were maybe adding a little bit of weight here and there. Oh, of where course. You could, yeah. 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 Like I was, I was of course progressing. Like I was moving, I was moving heavier and heavier weight all the time. So I was getting stronger, but I wasn't focusing on doing heavy singles or anything like that. But then when I switched and started kind of adding powerlifting in and focusing on getting stronger, um, it's deep on my Instagram, but you guys can see when I had my first 500 pound squat and it was only like six months or seven months before that, that I was struggling with 365 pounds, yeah. like for, for heavy loads, because be I didn't work TikTok with heavy video. loads. Yeah, it would be, a, it yeah. would be a good mm-hmm. video. Show your progress. But that's the reason why I developed so quickly as far as strength is because I built this big volume of muscle. Mm-hmm. I built a big frame that was muscular. Now to transfer that into being strong was quick. Yeah. I really like this quote. I'm going to fucking butcher the name, but Hijalti. H- 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 Jolty, something like that. Okay. Quote, your leg work is your chest worth. And I'm like, that's awesome. You know, because that's exactly what you're explaining right now. Just like build that, build that base and then everything else will follow. Mm, I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I dig it too. So some primary movements for legs would be, you know, you got your kind of normal stuff. You got some form of squat, uh, some type of hip hinging exercise, something that represents some type of deadlifting. Um, could be a kettlebell swing even. Uh, your squat could even be like a goblet squat. I don't think it matters a ton. I do think that it's a good idea if you're newer to lifting to, again, maybe lean towards the barbell stuff just a bit more, just to handle a little bit more weight here and there. But um, I think you can also make a lot of progress and grow like crazy from utilizing the kettlebells because a lot of times when you do kettlebell goblet squat or you do front squats on like a slant board or something like that with the kettlebells, the range of motion is increased by a ton. And we talked about how that can add a lot of volume. So you got some, some form of squat, you got some form of a deadlift, uh, you have some single leg, uh, movements such as like lunges, Bulgarian split squats. There's many different types of lunges. Let's not forget about dragging the sled or any sort of weighted carry. Weighted carries are amazing. They're not really going to put a huge demand directly on the legs, but some sort of weighted carry is a great exercise for uh, many different reasons. But dragging a sled forward and backward has been very beneficial for me, for my calves, just kind of your tendons and ligaments. um, Also building up the quads. When you walk backwards with a sled, It'll make your legs uh, go on fire. Oh, and God, yeah. Walking forward with the sled burns your butt like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you got some other exercise to kind of add in there? You mentioned the ATG stuff, but ATG split squat. Um, I think what else? What else? What else? You got machines, obviously. Those are those always have some. Uh, you can utilize them as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan, and maybe this is more of, a, of an athletic side of things. But I'm a big fan of doing things on single legs um, because single legs, like you can, if you, for example, if you're doing a uh, back extension on the back extension machine there, and you're always using both legs, if you do a single leg back extension you will realize which literally which leg and which hamstring is weaker. Mm. And you want to work through that because now when you're trying to transfer that to being able to squat heavy loads, being able to deadlift heavy loads, you're not going to be biasing one side. You want both sides to be as strong. So single leg um, back extensions, but I also enjoy single leg dumbbell RDLs. Uh, Might be good for Andrew who has some lower mm -hmm. back issues here and there. You'd use way less weight with a single leg RDL. Yeah, you have to use way less weight and you have to focus on the idea of balancing. Right. And again, if you're just someone who's only focused on bodybuilding, maybe you don't really care about the balance factor of things. But me being also I'm doing that, but I'm also focused on athletics. I feel like that has really good function in terms of being able to now do things off of one leg, just like the monkey foot thing that I was mm -hmm. doing the other day, single leg um, hip flexor raises. Right. But balancing there, all those movements can be done with a single leg. And I think that'd be beneficial for working through imbalance issues. Cool. We have from Michael Hearn um, isolated squat. Deep leg press mm. and the hack squat, isolating the quads. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. We have a hack squat machine coming soon. I'm excited for that one. It's yeah. going to be cool. Yeah, those are all great. One yeah, those are all great movements. One thing that might be good to add for some people um, is just because, like, we talk a lot about uh, controlling these movements, and you should. But there is a benefit in terms of being able to really create force mm -hmm. out of bottom positions or, or having good force production. So I think that's why what, like what you mentioned, the kettlebell swings are really good because you're, if someone's never done a kettlebell swing before, you'll notice when someone does not create force with their hips, mm. right? And that can help with a lot of power production when it comes to squatting and deadlifting and those other movements. So adding bands to some of these movements that can help you create force through like a range, like banded leg press banded uh squats mm -hmm. um those movements can be pretty beneficial and you don't have to use super heavy low but it can help you learn how to create force out of those positions i think kind of in general terms once you understand how to do some of the movements with a barbell mm -hmm. it's i'm of the opinion that most of the time you should try to explode into the barbell and i don't mean like recklessly and go crazy and mm -hmm. have the weight jump off your back when you squat and stuff like that but you know watch um you know, watch some Tom Platts from back in the day. Watch that guy squat. He's really putting a lot of a lot of force into it, and there's a lot of proof and a lot of a lot of science. Uh, not really necessarily proof, but there's a lot of information, a lot of research that shows that when you are trying to produce as much force as possible, you are impacting your explosive strength quite a bit. Even if it feels like you're moving slow because the weight is heavy, if you're just trying to accelerate the weight as quick as you can. Uh, you'll still get a lot of transfer in, in strength with it. But again, I'm not saying like, you know, that you lift like a maniac control, always control the movement, but on a lot of exercises on the way up out of like something like a squat, you know, try to explode through it a bit. What about, um, how many times a week you want to hit your legs? I'm always a fan of twice minimum. <laughs> I think he answered it perfectly. Yeah. Pretty chill, huh? Yes. Makes sense. Well, you know, if you do one time a week, that might be where you're digging yourself in a hole and you did too much in one particular day. Mm -hmm. So doing it twice a week, you don't, I don't think you need a lot of exercises. You don't. 
I think that you can get away with like if you're if you're new to training your legs and you haven't really done it before, you can get away with like two or three. It doesn't have to be a lot of movement. So don't you know, don't put that blockade up before you ever even go and mess with it. Just say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna two I heard those guys talking about doing two movements for legs twice a week. Do two movements for legs twice a week for like two months and then add something else in when you feel like you're ready for it so you don't get yourself too too fucked up and too sore. Yeah. If you do three exercises, it could be a squatting motion, a hip hinge motion, and then a hamstring focused motion, right? Without any type of hip hinge, that could be a hamstring curl or, um, yeah, or a lying hamstring curl. And then, I mean, we didn't really talk about calves, but you may want to do that if you don't want stick legs. Yeah. Just some calves in. Yeah. Mix in some calves. I think Charles Poliquin was quoted as saying, uh, you know, if people did, did a set of calves for every set of biceps that they did we wouldn't have people with tiny ass calves so mm-hmm. you know it might be it's good to just figure out where to kind of put them into the mix but we've pointed out many times in the show before why not mix your calves in when you're training like your shoulders or something like mm-hmm. it's not gonna it doesn't weaken your shoulder workout mm-hmm. it just is adding to you burning more calories during your training session keeping the heart rate elevated and it's getting rid of you not having any calves and last thing real quick about those calves man do not bounce no more bouncy bounce. Get that uh, get that stretch in your Achilles. Oh, full yeah. range. Get that full range. Stretch in the Achilles. Pause at the bottom. Then press up and back down. And you then know, regret it that you did them all together the yeah, next day. Because yeah, oh, you cannot fucking watch. Oh, they can nope. get really sore. Trying to go up a step or something. You can't lift your toes up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just fall over. Oh, it hurts. It does fuck up your balance when your calves hurt really bad. <laughs> yeah, it does. You, like Ooh, fall. It I does. fall backwards because I can't. Like oh, there I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got a question oh, go from from O'Hearn. Uh, oh, yeah, for Encima. Oh, what's wow. uh, up? Has oh. your has your approach to weightlifting changed because of jujitsu? And how are you using the lifting to create a better athlete rather than just a physique? Mm. Oh yeah, no, my approach to lifting has changed because I I kind of had to back off of my training volume because of jujitsu initially. Um, so I had to work with less a little bit, uh, and all of that was to help me maintain the strength that I had and maintain the muscle I had. But now when I look at lifting. I try to use lifting because I still want to get as big as possible, but I also want to move really well. So like everything I do is through kind of just wild ranges of motion sometimes because I know that number one in jujitsu, I need to be strong in very unorthodox ranges. If my arm's out here, I can't be weak here if I'm trying to escape an arm bar. You know what I mean? Or if my leg is all the way up here, I need to be able to create force from this position if a guy's here, right? So now when I do a lot of my movements in the gym, um, sometimes I explode through certain movements but i'm always going through the highest range of motion possible and trying to work with the best load for that um as it's going to help me build muscle but it's also going to help me build mobility it's going to help me get stronger Uh, and i'm not i'm not really focused on how heavy the load is anymore don't get me wrong i still want to work with heavy loads but it's like is that really going to be that beneficial for me right now or if i can just build up to that load and get get stronger, slower. But now when I'm working with that load, I'm now working it through a massive range of motion. That's what I look at. I think it's important to note that you haven't ditched bodybuilding stuff just because you're doing jujitsu. However, you might've ditched some small aspects of powerlifting, some small aspects of bodybuilding, uh, just so you can continue to, you know, reach your goal and not have anything slow you down or hold you back. Something like maybe a lot of sets of heavy deadlifting, like, you know, for a while you were training your deadlift, 
you built up to a really strong deadlift, uh, you know, a couple years back. It doesn't really make a lot of sense for you to be like honed in and focused in on the deadlift. It's like deadlifting strength doesn't seem to be a problem for you when you're in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same thing with some bodybuilding practices like drop sets and things like that. Like those are all great things and I'm sure you still incorporate them here or there, but does it really make sense for you to really, you know, get into the really breaking down and crushing the muscle muscle tissue uh, before you run off to a jujitsu practice? No, because like when I think about the amount of time that it takes to work up to a heavy, like heavy triples or fours for a deadlift, that's going to take a lot of my workout. And I could have gone through so many other movements that were really beneficial rather than concentrating on just 45 minutes of deadlifting and then into what I got to do. I'll still do considerable, like I'll I'll still considerable loads on these movements. um, But it's not going to be something that takes me 30 minutes to complete. So that might be a big change. I think, I think previously when you'd come in and train when you weren't not even when you weren't in jujitsu necessarily, but when you weren't as focused on jujitsu as you are nowadays, Mm -hmm. I think you would come in and do maybe a little bit less exercises than you do now. Yeah. So I would do, I would do like a lot of my big compounds, but then I'd still do some smaller accessory movements, but I wouldn't do as many of those accessory movements as I'm doing. It seems like now sometimes you might do like 10 different things. I mean, I think you kind of suffer from what Andrew and I have. We got workout AD, ADHD where we just kind of like get pumped and we're like, oh, I got to do that. I got to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also because I have the time to yeah. go do those movements. Like I'll do maybe if I do some squatting, I'll work with I'll work with a load for like sixes or sevens. But between that squat, I have the ability to go go to something else, come back and squat, go do something else, come back and squat. Everything I do, I'm not doing and sitting one on doing one movement. I'm doing two movements back to back, two to three movements back to back, then moving to another superset, then moving to another superset. I don't waste much time. Back to yeah. back like lethal weapon? Back to back like lethal weapon. Is that Drake? <laughs> that is Drake. That song was so good. That, that song was really good. Yeah. Do you do you do you like back to back by Drake? I, I, I don't think I've ever heard it. We'll listen to it after the podcast. It's a hype song. Oh, gets, gets, mm. oh, I haven't listened to that song in like years, though. It gets the people going. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew hates all these kids these days. He likes Kanye. Yeah, no, Kanye's great. Yeah. It was funny. The song that we were listening to this morning in the gym, um, I was getting ready to explain to Mark, but then we ended up going for a walk, but it was before his car accident, and not mm. a lot of people even can look back and be like, oh, shit, he looks way different. Mm. It's because it was before his it was, I can't live my, uh, I can't, I'm trying to have, I'm having a hard time. You're talking about Kanye right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. With, uh, fuck, was it Dilated People? Oh my gosh, sorry, I'm forgetting. I need to hear it, I don't know if I've heard it's it. A, it's a pretty old song. Mm. Like I said, it was right before he even, like nobody, anybody really knew who he was. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I know. No, mm. Kanye's a shit, I love Kanye. Why that 808s and Heartbreaks was, oh, 808s and Heartbreaks was great. It was okay. It was good. It was okay. Hey, hey, build up your goddamn legs. Don't yes. be a fucking pussy. Oh, Go in the gym and hit up some squats. Nothing wrong with fucking bending your knees and sitting back into a squat and <laughs> building up those quads. And women love big legs. Oh, my God. And short shorts. You know. Yeah, we haven't talked. Well, I mean, I guess we did talk about the shorts getting shorter, but remember how Are they getting shorter or are our legs just getting growing? bigger? Whoa. <laughs> But it wasn't that long ago that basketball shorts was like the yeah. thing. Yep. That's true. <laughs> now we're just You mean like the it. long basketball shorts? Yeah. 
Okay, okay, okay. Not the short ones. No, no, not John Stockton's. <laughs> no, we're going Those, back to that. Yeah, the Dennis Rodman shorts from back in the <laughs> Pistons, day. Pistons. Yeah. You know, God what? damn, he's got long legs, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, he's. he's yeah. A, <laughs> a tall guy. <laughs> so, yeah, every everything's yeah, long. Everything's long on Dennis Rodman. But mm-hmm. it's interesting. I feel like I was watching a video the other day. He's got short hair. I don't, I don't know where he's called. Yeah, that's true. he's got short hair. <laughs> but apparently, Gen Z is uh, is straying away from skinny jeans. Mm. Apparently they're going back to baggy jeans. So yeah. baggy jeans are about to make a comeback. What? Yeah, everything just comes and goes. It's a circle. Shit comes so in style, goes out of style. Yeah. Same thing with music. Mm-hmm. Do I need to pay attention to that or am I too old? Mark, just do your thing, bro. Just, just, yeah. Just when, be when, me. When you're rich, you can do whatever It you doesn't want. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll yeah. figure something out. You yeah. can. We'll, we'll help you with that shit. Like, Thank you. We'll tell you what to wear. We'll put your wardrobe together. Just trust us. I definitely got to throw out all that stuff and start over. Yeah. Give it to me. We wear the same size. Everything. That's, same. That's true. That, that is, is true. true. I got to get bigger. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. how, how do I grow my feet so that way I can have, wear the same shoe size as you guys? Oh, yeah. Right. I just get fat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't wear shoes for a long time. <laughs> They'll grow. Oh, yeah. Just eat hella carbs like I did that weekend. So your feet get like, like bloated. It's like get gout. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That doctor, oh my gosh, made me so mad. <laughs> he said I had gout. That's like, what so the hell? Funny. A doctor said I had gout when I had a tendon strain, and Kelly Sturette was like, you don't have gout. You have a tendon strain. I was just like, this guy, your first thing, you told me I had gout? After the x-ray, you said I had gout? He's like, it says here you're a pirate, and you're at sea very for, for long periods of time. I think you got gout. That made me so mad. Drink water, get more sleep. That's it. <laughs> Take perfect, us on out of here, Andrew. Recipe. Thank you, everybody, for checking out the live stream. Shout out to Mike O'Hearn. Shout out to Big J. Oh, 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 did you missed oh, it. Oh. Everybody else on the live chat, uh, Big Red Jeff. I know that was you behind the ones and twos on the computer. So thank you for hanging out with us today <laughs> as well. Uh, please uh, follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. Again, today's episode is brought to you by Merrick Health. Uh, head over to MerrickHealth.com slash Power Project. Promo code Power Project for $101 off of that Power Project panel. That's a lot of peas. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z and Sima. Where you at? And Sima Inu on Instagram and YouTube and Sima Yin Yang on TikTok and Twitter. Were you about to shoot that? Mm-hmm. Oh, to shoot that kratom? Let me shoot. Well, oh, the, uh, the kratom, I still have some. Oh, you still have some left? Okay. Okay. I don't have the camera over there, but. Let's okay. see. I got I got two. Or actually, you can you can make throws. up for your missed one here. Throw, throw that guy. Throw this guy? Uh, so he makes the mess. Oh! Yeah, no, 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 no. See? Hit the backboard and in. Let's, let's on, do the, do I get for, a lot of rim jobs. Do this for the bucks. That was pretty funny. A lot of rim jobs. Oh, a little bit more tricep work in SEMO. Came, came up short just like the sun's. Sorry, one second. I got it. Nope. End the show, please. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> you want to throw some more shit over Shut there? Shut up. End the show. <laughs> <laughs> Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. I'm at Mark Smilly Bill. <laughs>